Another cop funeral in the atmosphere sanctioned by the left. This anti-cop mania started by Black Lives Matter, if not before. Another funeral, a very sad occasion here in New York City as Officer Wilbert Mora, 27 years old, who was shot and killed a week ago Friday along with his partner. Uh, the turnout was absolutely amazing. Now, this was very sad, but also very very beautiful, actually awe-inspiring, these cops turning out for their fellow officer. And I think, I'm hoping that this might be a turning point, that even the far left will recognize that these are the good guys. It seems unlikely. Uh, we had a couple of wacko liberals call these men fascists, including the new police officers who were shot yesterday. Two officers shot just yesterday at that University in Virginia, and take a quick look, by the way, these officers, something that the left doesn't understand. Uh, the ranks of the police in America are incredibly diverse. Now, three of the four officers killed here are people of color. Yet, on the left, they just, they see it the way they want to see it. And it's all about race for them. Need to protect themselves against uh, racist police officers. Everyone black I know feels hunted. Whether it's a police officer bursting into your home and you're a 26-year-old EMT named Breonna Taylor and it's one o'clock in the morning and the police bust in and just start licking off shots and then you wind up dead. And until then, the police. The discriminatory and racist police system in America. The police have not actually slowed down their killings of people and black people in particular. And so this entire system is what needs to be put on trial. They are all overwhelmingly wrong and they are all overwhelmingly harmful. What they're saying is harming our country and harming those frontline officers. So we got a mess at home. And now, thanks to Joe Biden, a mess abroad. You hear, uh, I thought he was supposed to be good at the overseas stuff, right? Joe Biden, Council on Foreign Relations, uh, Senate Armed Services Committee, all that stuff. Just ask him. If I have any expertise in American foreign policy, it's what I've done my whole career. It's what I've devoted my academic and my political existence to. His academic and his political existence to foreign affairs. Well, uh, we can talk about his academic achievements and his political achievements later, but uh, the results are not good. And right now, since he had such a terrible press conference two weeks ago, he's got to be the tough guy overseas, deploying troops all over the place. Very reminiscent of what happened when he was vice president. Remember the turmoil all over the place? Our botched withdrawal from Iraq, the rise of ISIS, combat in Libya. This is, this is all on them, all on them. And Donald Trump, it's true. And you know what? He should blow his own horn. He didn't start any new wars. He did not start any new wars. And they said the opposite, didn't they? I was proud to be the first president in decades who did not get the United States into any new wars. I took us out of endless and ridiculous wars. Remember when I was running, they were all screaming, he'll start a war. He's that kind of a guy. No, I'm the one that got him not to fight because they didn't want to mess with us. Totally rebuilt the military. Nobody wanted to mess. 
He's right. He's right. You know, I used to be concerned about war with China, like that was coming. Almost felt like it was inevitable. I don't think it's inevitable anymore. I think China is buying our leaders. They're buying us. They're buying us. And so many leaders are so eager to sell out. New book by Peter Schweitzer, uh, Red Handed, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China Win. And it's one compelling case. And Joe has kind of been admitting it in big ways and small for a long time. This is not how a normal American statesman talks about China. Listen to this. It's totally bizarre, but he has a target audience, people who can pay him and Hunter. I've spent more time with Xi Jinping, at least before we got out, than any world leader has. I've traveled 17,000 miles with him, the president of China. I probably spent more time with Xi Jinping, I'm told, than any world leader has because I I had 24, 25 hours of private meetings with him when I was vice president, traveled 17,000 miles with him, and know him pretty well. I've spent more time with President Xi of China than any world leader has for 24 hours of private meetings with him. I have spoken and spent more time with Xi Jinping than any other world leader has. I've had hours and hours and hours of meetings and personal conversations with Xi Jinping. I spent more time with him, I believe, than any other world leader has. Now, why would he say this stuff? You think voters care? Voters assume that leaders spend time with other leaders around the world. Who's he talking to? Who's he bragging to? Rich people, rich people in China, rich people in Europe and America. I'm in with the Chinese. And in the new book by Peter Schweitzer, he alleges that the Biden family received some $31 million from Chinese businessmen with very close ties to Chinese intelligence. Uh, We've seen this before. I mean, they still can't really explain what the hell Hunter Biden was doing over there in China with his father on an official trip when he was vice president. This is in violation of every ethics rule ever conceived. I think the Chinese, in a weird way, maybe not so weird, maybe it's cut and dried, own the Bidens. Now, in November of 2020, there was a major conference in Shanghai. This is in the book, Peter Schweitzer's book. And uh, there were communist leaders there. There were academics and business people, including this man, a professor at one of the leading universities in China. And here he is boasting about how the Chinese own the Bidens, and he's doing it in public. <笑>但現在呢現在我們看到拜登上台了傳統的精英政治精英啊這個建制派他們跟華爾街的關係是非常密切的所以大家看到吧拜登的兒子被特朗普說你在全球有什麼基金公司發現沒有誰幫他建的
They know what's going on. This is part of their grand strategy. It's pretty wild. And I hope, I hope even those on the left will start paying attention and maybe even those in the Justice Department. By the way, Joe spending all that time with the communists, a lot of it rubbed off on him. I mean, things are bleak right now, but all the time it's these glowing pronouncements. 2021 was the greatest year of job growth in American history. Um, This is a departure from reality, and that's what the communists did, remember? And Joe does it all the time, no matter what's happening, no matter what we can all see, everything's rosy, man, right? Before getting an update from my supply chain task force, I want to say a word about the progress our economy's made this year. Nearly six million new jobs, a record number for a new president because of my staff and my cabinet. We're making progress. We got a way to go. We're making progress. I see Marty Walsh, my labor secretary. Marty, you've done a hell of a job, pal, cutting the red tapes. You know that old expression, make, make lemonade out of lemons? I think we got a shot here. We've heard a lot about the need for more truck drivers. It's right. real. It's always, it's always going well, right? We're meeting our goals. We're exceeding expectations. Our team reminds me of the Russians. Even my, one of my least favorite Russian leaders, Leonid Brezhnev, he even has the same mannerisms of Joe. Take a look. Проложены новые магистрали, поднялись новые города. Перевыполнены задания по выпуску промышленной продукции. Собран самый высокий урожай зерна и хлопка за всю историю нашей страны. Huh? Does that remind you of anything? They're bosom buddies. Brezhnev and Joe Biden, everything is the same. Uh, Yeah, you can't, I guess, spend 24 hours with uh, President Xi and not learn a few things about communism and bring them back here to America. By the way, the Chinese, they're watching all of the strife here in America, and they're exploiting it. They're using it to their advantage. Wow, we are just being had. Challenges facing the United States in human rights are deep-seated. They did not just emerge over the past four years, such as Black Lives Matter. It did not come up only recently. So we do hope that for our two countries, it's important that we manage our respective affairs well, instead of deflecting the blame on somebody else. I can... Just hear what the Americans are thinking. Oh, that Black Lives Matter stuff. No, 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 no. That, 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 that's just some garbage we use to get elected. You, you, you can't call us out on that stuff. They can, and they have. And if I were them, I'd do the same thing. I mean, look what's being promulgated. Look what's being pushed. We told you yesterday about that horrific uh, documentary from Showtime. What's it called again? Everything is going to be all white. Roll it, please. <laughs> most about white people is when they pretend like they're the victim. (laughs) What's also annoying is when they, you know, when they kill us. The lies and the open mocking, the lies about white people and the open mocking of white people. This is horrific stuff. And uh, that's why we are falling rapidly on the international stage. And our society seems to be coming apart. Now, 
this is not exactly, I guess, a crisis, but it's a sign of a sick society. Who knows who Brian Flores is, the former coach for the Miami Dolphins. Now, he went interviewed with the Giants for the head coaching job last week. Last week, he didn't get the job. Today, he's on national television with his lawyers crying discrimination. One week ago, he doesn't get a job. And it's a national, it's a federal case. Take a look. How did that make you feel knowing that you were walking into an interview where a decision might have already been made? Uh, it was a range of emotions. Uh, humiliation, uh, uh, disbelief, um, uh, anger. Um, and I've worked so hard to get to, to, um, to where I am. Welcome to corporate America. <laughs> Every job interview you walk into where you don't get the job, you weren't probably going to get the job when you walked into it. Some of these athletes, some of these sports guys, they have no real sense of how things work. However, I do have sympathy for him because, well, the NFL is trying to be as woke as possible. And when you try to be woke, when you try to be, oh, look at us, look at how diverse we are, you become, I don't know, um, you don't, really, you don't really mean it most of the time. It's just a big check in the block exercise. And that's, that's what he noticed. The Rooney Rule is in, intended to uh, you know, give minorities an opportunity to sit down in front of uh, ownership. But I think what it's turned into is um, an instance where guys are just checking the box. Um, and that's been the case. I've been on some interviews in the past that um, where that's, I've had that feeling. There's you know, always no way to, to, to know for sure, but, um, but you know. I think he does know. Not walking in his shoes, but yeah. The Rooney rule. You will talk to minority candidates. You will talk to minority candidates. Okay, find me some minority candidates so we can talk to them. That's not a solution. The solution's harder, harder than just looking at what people look like and having them come into the office. Know what I mean? All right. Good luck to you, Coach uh, Flores. Uh, don't agree with you on everything, but uh, I don't like it at the same time. Stay with us. Hey, Nancy Pelosi has a son named Paul on the right there. And wait till you hear what Paul's been up to. We'll be right back. Before we lose the Constitution, we must use the Constitution to get our nation back on track. Our founders gave us an Article 5 Convention of States to bypass Congress and make the necessary amendments to control the growth of the federal government, balance the budget, and impose term limits on federal officials. Join the conservatives you know and trust across America who are coming together to support a convention of state. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? And the fake news, they're biased, of course. Uh, they're liberal, but you know what else? They're biased in favor of power. These folks love power. People in power can help them, can employ them, can do favors for them, their families, their children, who knows? And um, they curry favor with people in power all the time. The George W. Bush administration, remember that debacle? Remember how they got us into Iraq? 
and no weapons of mass destruction, nobody really made that big a deal about it, incredibly. How about September 11, 2001? You know, there were memos circulating throughout the government that said, bin Laden intent on hijacking planes and flying them into big buildings in America. And it happened anyway. And the lockdown, the lockdown of 2020, we didn't have to lock it down. There was a major news study from the premier medical institution in America, Johns Hopkins University, that said that this was unnecessary. And it's in black and white, and no one's talking about it. This is a big, big deal. Now take a look. Johns Hopkins University says the lockdowns did not work. Number one, we find no evidence that lockdowns had a noticeable effect on COVID-19 mortality. Lockdowns should be rejected out of hand as a pandemic policy instrument. It goes on to say lockdowns are not an effective way of reducing mortality rates during a pandemic. Limiting gatherings was counterproductive and increased, increased COVID-19 mortality. How do you like that, small business owners? Lockdowns contributed to reducing economic activity, raising unemployment, reducing schooling, causing political unrest, contributing to domestic violence, undermining liberal democracy. Now they tell us, now they tell us. And what did they tell us before? 56 days, all this inconvenience. Yeah, think of it this way. What you're doing is actually saving lives. That's not rhetorical. That's not overly dramatic. You are saving lives. The fact that we shut down when we did and the rest of the world did has saved hundreds of millions of infections and millions of lives. I would be prepared to do whatever it takes to save lives because we cannot get the country moving until we control the virus. So if the scientists say shut it down, I would shut it down. I would listen to the scientists. <laughs> the scientists got it wrong. Fauci was wrong. They were all wrong. Now we have evidence that says it was all wrong and no one's talking about it again. Look at the major network news. They're gonna tell you all the news, right? These are the unbiased ones. They're just about the facts. Nothing, nothing about it. Um, not a word, literally. But what are they pushing now? They still love COVID. You know, they still think they can scare people and use it for political ends. There's this, this is the, the flavor of the moment. Tonight, the news that many parents have been waiting for, a COVID vaccine for kids younger than five could be ready by the end of the month. Pfizer confirming late today it has started down the road of seeking emergency use authorization for its vaccine for children six months to five years. Pfizer now asking the FDA to grant emergency use authorization to vaccinate America's youngest children. Children younger than five may be able to get a COVID vaccine by the end of this month. Hey, thanks a lot. Not interested. Wow. They're talking about it like it's good news. What happens in two years when the study comes out and says that maybe this wasn't such a good idea after all, huh? They won't talk about it because they'll be embarrassed because they know I'll whip out this footage and uh, <laughs> wave it around. This is crazy stuff. Fauci, you can have that guy, right? I mean, how wrong can one man be? Enough is enough. It's crazy. 
This new study from Johns Hopkins, it really does vindicate President Trump and also Dr. Scott Atlas on the left. Now, Dr. Atlas, an expert who went to Washington to help, and he got so maligned by the left and the fake news. He wrote a great book, by the way. Uh, It's called A Plague Upon Our House, My Fight at the Trump White House to Stop COVID from Destroying America. He should be very proud of his service, and we'll be hearing from him later in the show. All right. But now it is time for Leah Thomas to get the hell out of the pool. Yeah, Leah Thomas, a trans swimmer, must get out of the pool. Not just from me. This is coming from the NC. Two-way, they call it, the National College Athletic Association, a new rule. It says she's no longer eligible to swim on the girls' team. Take a look at this. The criteria, the athlete is not eligible. This is for a trans athlete. The concentration of testosterone in the athlete's serum has been less than whatever, continuously for a period of at least 36 months. It's kind of crazy, but... They have to take this testosterone suppressant medication for 36 months. Now, Leah Thomas has only taken it for 32 months. This renders her ineligible for the rest of the season. Hmm? By the way, the NC2A, the National Collegiate Athletic Association. I don't think they should really be talking about serums. Do you? They can talk about, I don't know, the starting line, and uh, maybe they can talk about referees and, and their rules and whistles and stuff like that and, and measuring, you know, all the, the distance to the first down. I just don't think the NC2A, when it was conceived, that they were going to be talking about serums and hormones and testosterone suppressant. Do you? Is this what the NC2A is all about? Look at that. Get the hell out of the laboratory, NC2A. And again, Leah Thomas, get the hell out of the pool and get on with your life. You don't belong in college sports. All right. Now one more word about Whoopi Goldberg. I'm kind of sick of this too. Looks like Whoopi has been suspended for two weeks. Two weeks. Whoopi's in trouble because of what she said on The View about the Holocaust. We know what she said. It was wrong. It was stupid. Um, But let's face it, (laughs) The View is wrong and stupid. And I got to admit, I don't even know what channel it's on, and I have no idea what time this show is on. Uh, I also know it's not important. It's just a bunch of foolish people saying stuff. That's fine. Uh, But the squad, the squad, they're important. And they're as about as anti-Semitic as they come. And they continue unchecked. And Joe Biden hugs and kisses them. Literally. That well, who's that? Rashida Tlaib, Democrat from Michigan? She said some awful, weird, psychotic things that the Holocaust makes her feel good. Yet Joe just lavishes praise upon her. And Rashid. Talib, where's Rashid? I tell you what, Rashid, I want to say to you that uh, I admire your intellect, I admire your passion, and I admire your concern for so many other people. And it's my, from my heart, I pray that your grandma and family are well. I promise you I'm going to do everything to see that they are on the West Bank. 
You're a fighter, and God, thank you for being a fighter. Okay, that's from the president. This is from me. I think she's a bigot. Uh, I think she's an anti-Semite. I think she's a disgrace to America, and she doesn't belong there. And that goes for her friends in the squad. Now back to Whoopi. I don't harbor such feelings toward her. I do think that she made a mistake. She didn't know any better. Folks don't realize this, but um, she dropped out of high school. She had to. She didn't go to college. In fact, I used to live in her neighborhood. Uh, The neighborhood changed quite a bit, but uh, she grew up with a lot of disadvantages. She did not have the advantages some of us had to read books about history and the Holocaust and to understand these very important matters. But it looks like she's going to get canceled or at least she's going to get fired. Who knows? But it doesn't look good. And I guess cancel culture kind of needs that from time to time. I don't like cancel culture. Do you? I don't like when conservatives are mistreated. I don't like it when liberals are mistreated. I don't like the horrible things people say, but I, damn it, you got a right to say these things, even if they're horrible. Who remembers Scarface? Tony? Huh? Tony Montana? Montoya? I must admit, I'm more of a godfather person than this, but um, he's actually speaking to cancel culture. We need cancel culture, don't we, Tony? You need people like me so you can point your fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good? So say good night to the bad guy. Come on. The last time you're going to see a bad guy like this again, let me tell you. Tony Montana. Anyway, uh, what a performance, and it does feel good sometimes to point a finger. I think we should think about that from time to time. Mitch McConnell, pointing my finger at you, you swamp snake. And what you said about January 6th, totally wrong. You really are a loser. President Trump was right about you. We'll be right back with his latest offense. Moscow Mitch, they call him, right? Mitch McConnell. He doesn't understand January 6th. He doesn't understand Trump. He doesn't understand America. And for him to say this is absolutely outrageous. What we saw here on January the 6th was an effort to prevent the peaceful transfer of power from one administration to another, which had never happened before in our country. My view is I would not be in favor of shortening any of the sentences for any of the people who pleaded guilty to crimes. Well, a couple of things here. It wasn't an attempt to take over the country. You think the horns guy was going to take over the country? It was a protest that got out of hand, and we got a lot of concerns about how it actually got out of hand. You should be asking questions about Nancy Pelosi. You should be asking questions to the Capitol Police. What happened here? Big O, I want to see that guy pardoned. I want to see the horns guy pardoned. 
These guys didn't break anything and they didn't hurt anybody and they've been tortured. They have been tortured by the system. So we do have questions, Mitch. Uh, number one, find out who that little cop is and why was that cop aggressively waving people into the area. Also, what about the cops who stood on either side of a critical passageway and just allowed people into the Capitol? There they are. And finally, just before Ashley Babbitt was shot, three officers who were in the middle of a tense situation but were not being harmed, the situation was under control but loud, why did they decide to take a coffee break? Hmm? Why did they decide to walk off the job at the critical moment less than a minute before Ashley Babbitt was shot? Do, 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 do. There they go, and all hell breaks loose. Those are the questions you should be investigating, don't you think? Oh, you probably can't bring this up to Nancy Pelosi, but I will. What's up with their son, Paul? Paul's on the right. Uh, Paul is uh, one of her five kids. And Paul has, uh, well, might have a Hunter Biden type situation on his hands. Some headlines. Number one from the Wall Street Journal. U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's son investigated by FBI over fraud bribery. Uh, let's see here. The Daily Mail reads as follows. Smoking gun documents tie Nancy Pelosi's son to a fraud and bribery scheme. Listed himself as the owner of a flop house tied to a fraud and bribery scheme. Prosecuted by the FBI. All right, let's take a look at that flop house. It is a pretty crummy hotel in Northern California. Uh, the, the, the active theory is that Paul uh, may have been may have been bribing people to get uh, permits approved for this uh, rundown-looking place. Stay tuned. There's more, though. There's more. Again, from the Daily Mail, uh, Nancy Pelosi's son, Paul, was involved in five companies. Five probed by the feds. Hmm. Maybe Mitch would like to bring that up with Nancy. And Paul Pelosi is friends with everybody. Look at that. There's Gavin Newsom. Warren Buffett. That's a good guy to know. Multi-multi-billionaire. Uh, let's see. Uh, Mark Cuban. Yeah, the Shark Tank guy. Uh, I'm not exactly a fan. Uh, who is that? Tony Bennett? I'm not sure who that is. Somebody said it's Rod Stewart. Ah, there's uh, Shaq and uh, that super tall Chinese basketball player. And I think that's Kevin Durant. Anyway, he seems to know everybody. I think he's going to get to know his lawyers, though, best of all. All right, stay with us. Dr. Scott Atlas will be here soon and some other good stuff. Be right back. Lockdowns. The lockdowns were not necessary at all. They did nothing to decrease mortality from COVID. A new study from Johns Hopkins University says that we find no evidence that lockdowns had a noticeable effect on COVID-19 mortality. Lockdowns should be rejected out of hand as a pandemic policy instrument. Sounds very familiar because I heard it from Dr. Scott Atlas, some time ago, he had grave doubts about what some in the medical community were pushing. He went to the White House. He tried to help. 
Uh, he was not treated well, I believe, by the swamp. He has a book, by the way, that's been out for a while. It's great. A Plague Upon Our House, My Fight at the Trump White House to Stop COVID from Destroying America. Dr. Scott Atlas, welcome back to Newsmax. How are you? Doing well, thank you. So uh, you saw the Johns Hopkins uh, report. I am surprised it's not receiving more attention. Uh, I don't know if vindicated is the right word, but how do you feel about uh, what we are seeing now? Well, it, it, it's proving uh, that what I said was exactly correct, but it's not really news. It's just that the news has been suppressed. The study in June of 2021 by Agarwal from USC and Rand Institute showed not only that the lockdowns failed to decrease COVID deaths like this study showed, but it showed that the lockdowns actually increased excess deaths, deaths beyond the pandemic. In a study of 43 countries in the U.S., the lockdowns, according to the USC study of June, increased the deaths. The longer the lockdowns were down, the deaths increased more. And when the, the deaths were already coming down, the institution of the lockdowns started the deaths going up. This is not really news. It's just that it's another study that shows that why lockdowns have not been used in the previous centuries of pandemics. They're destructive and the Burks Fauci lockdowns. And we say that because that's who advised the, fed, the federal policy was designed by Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci. They influenced the federal guidelines so that the governors implemented the lockdowns. They failed to stop the infection. They failed to stop the elderly from dying and they destroyed uh, millions of people, including those policies killed people because of missed medical care and a massive economic uh, problem particularly the low-income families and the poor. May not be news, but the news, as you mentioned, has been suppressed. I noticed this new report, which has been compiled and released recently, no mention on the mainstream media, the major networks, no mention whatsoever. And why was it, by the way, or why is it that Burks and Fauci, who were as wrong as wrong can be, Fauci continues to be wrong, continues to be proven wrong. You got to the White House. You saw they seem to have, uh, at least with the outsiders, the mainstream media, the swamp, Democrats, a halo effect. They were beyond reproach. You couldn't question them. Why is that? Practically speaking, I mean, it's just a doctor. She's just a doctor. Why were they seen well, as infallible? Well, there's a couple of reasons. Number one, it was an election year and there was a, a perceived discordance between what they wanted and what President Trump wanted. And of course, the media uh, leveraged that, amplified that discord. But secondly, you have to realize when you have people like Dr. Fauci, this has been a this person's a bureaucrat. He's been in his position for 40 years. The reason people like that have these government positions is not because they're politically neutral. It's because they're politically savvy. They have friends in the agencies. They have friends in the media. And we see from the discovery of emails between him and, say, Dr. Collins, the head of the NIH, they leverage their contacts in the media to smear, to undermine any voices that, that disagreed with them instead of engaging on the science. These people were bureaucrats. They were the wrong policy. And they still are the wrong people to be in charge of the policy. They did and are still doing enormous harm, including lasting psychological damage, frankly, on our public. The American public is damaged, particularly the younger generation. And we know it from the, the uh, visits to doctors with psychological problems, the suicide explosion in teenage girls, 
the self-harm visits of teenagers, the opioid abuse, the drug and other substance abuse. Really, we have a tragic outcome here. We must get these people first to admit they were wrong. And so we never have this happen again. But I'm frankly very skeptical they will ever take responsibility for the massive harm they inflicted on the people. It's, uh, yeah, well, getting them to admit they were wrong, that would go a long way and might protect future generations. Very quickly, if you don't mind, I'd like to get your opinion on the current push to get very young children, maybe just six months old, vaccinated. Uh, the mainstream media chomping at the bit to make this uh, reality. Take a look, please. Tonight, the news that many parents have been waiting for, a COVID vaccine for kids younger than five could be ready by the end of the month. Pfizer confirming late today it has started down the road of seeking emergency use authorization for its vaccine for children six months to five years. Pfizer now asking the FDA to grant emergency use authorization to vaccinate America's youngest children. Children younger than five may be able to get a COVID vaccine by the end of this month. Uh, some of them seem rather gleeful about this. Uh, I know there's a lot of apprehension out there. Fauci seems very much in favor of this. You're an expert. You're in the middle of it. Could you just give us your thoughts on that, please? Well, the, fa the facts are the facts, and it shows that young children who are healthy have extremely low risk from COVID, statistically nearly zero risk of death from COVID. And what we see, what kind of society you have to wonder wants to use an experimental drug on young children who don't have a significant risk from the illness itself. So all we're doing here is injecting an experimental drug into kids who don't necessarily even benefit from protection against the disease. I don't understand what's wrong. There's a moral bankruptcy here. This violates really all the basic codes of medical ethics and I'm shocked and dismayed at what's happening in this country uh, to do such a thing. I mean, it's really extraordinary. It, it will go down as a historic error of ethical uh, lapse in judgment here. Dr. Scott Atlas, you know, I know that you are probably in some ways burned by serving in Washington, D.C., but I do hope you consider going back in the future. I, I think your voice is so important and your contributions have been uh, very, very significant. So continued success and thank you. Thank you very much. Dr. Scott Atlas. Oh, by the way, the book, let's put it up on the screen, please. It's called A Plague Upon Our House, My Fight at the Trump White House to Stop COVID from Destroying America. We'll be right back. Oh, with a guy who was told to get off the plane because he was wearing a Let's Go Brandon mask. Be right back. I was told. So we've seen this before, somebody getting kicked off the plane for not wearing a mask, except right here, this guy's getting kicked off the plane for wearing a mask. Yeah, Spirit Airlines, that's uh, Adam Radonia. They don't like the message on his mask. And what's on his mask? Let's go, Brandon, i.e. F. Joe Biden, whatever you want to say. It's a political message, but hey, that's all right, right? Adam Radonia joins us. He was the passenger. He was on that flight. He joins us now. Uh, Adam, welcome. How are you? Good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. 
You bet. You bet. Hey, before we get to what happened, uh, it's great to see you. This is a Spirit Airlines flight. But uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do? And uh, where do you live? Well, I live in the Cleveland, Ohio area. I own a 7-Eleven store in Parma, Ohio. And I'm in real estate. And, um, you know, I, I invest uh, cryptocurrency. And um, that's pretty much what I do. Excellent. You're a smart guy. Crypto. That's uh, whoo, yeah. good stuff. So you're yeah. on your way to Tampa, Florida on January 28th. And uh, you were wearing. Wait, actually, clarify. Did it say F. Joe Biden or let's go, Brandon? Which what did it say? It just said it just said FJD. That's all I said. It said <laughs> the same thing that it says right here. Let's go, Brandon. Hey, by the way, I've never seen one of those. There's a little scoreboard right on the right on the mask. <laughs> yeah. They didn't like it. Listen, we have it on tape, so let's see what happened, okay? Stay with mm -hmm. us. Yeah. I'll, I'll wear this, but it, it shouldn't give me a reason. Like, did I have to turn it off? Like, is there a reason? Yeah, like, it's offensive. It's offensive? It can't be some people, so we're not going to go. We're not going to go back and forth. Just go ahead and put the blue one on, okay? Okay, so my mask is offensive. Yeah. So I was told that I need to turn off my mask, okay? that says let's go brandon on it and my shirt is fine though the mask is not the shirt says the same thing as the mask and i was told to turn it off by the flight attendant okay she told you to turn it off turn it off you did did you i did i complied because i i thought ahead you know i didn't want to get on the no fly list i mean it, it they can get you for just being unruly you know and if i argued with her I'd be wrong for it. I'd be holding up the plane, you know, and I just the first thing, you know, thing that I thought was just comply and, and get answers after. OK, let's see what happened next. She thinks it was offensive. Yeah, Is there he, any he, rules? Political stance. It, it, it doesn't matter. BLM, BLM could yeah, wear anything. Can with the gay no, no. But this is what I'm saying. I'm not going if, to be I'm, I'm not being argued. I'm trying to. I'm trying to explain something to you. If I had a BLM mask on, would it have been okay? What does that mean? Black Lives Matter. No. What does that? What Let's go, Brandon. What does that mean? It's my name. <laughs> well, you're being a little <laughs> bit. Uh, I understand. I mean, look, you didn't want to get off the plane. So you said it was your name. Yeah. It's not your name. So they kick you off. No, they didn't actually kick me off. This was what you saw was after the fact. This was after I, I was I was leaving the flight. Um, I, I turned it back on because they were they let me they let me on. They let me stay on, obviously, because I wore her mask. So um, what you just saw was after the fact. And um, I, I confronted him. I said, hey, why did she tell me to you know wear this? And that's when he, you know, basically said, what does it mean? And I, I said, it, it's my name, you know, because I, right. I, I wanted right. to make a point where it didn't, it didn't matter. All right. But Adam, uh, forgive me. The good thing is you got to where you were going, right? Yes, I got to Tampa and I, I finally got to Tampa <laughs> and I get talked to a supervisor and he said, no, it's fine. It covers your, your nose and mouth. You know, you're, you're good. Well, I told her, tell her that, you know, I, I don't understand okay. why I had to wear her mask. Yeah. Oh, I see. So, well, Adam, I'm glad you got to where you're going. Let's face it. The deck is stacked against Trump supporters, but maybe not for much longer. Adam Radonia, keep it up. Stay in touch. And we'll be right back. Thanks so much. Stinchfield is next.